All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Rachel Braun, and welcome back to another episode of Braun and Brains. With me this week, I have my friend Brian. He went to high school around me, and he actually played Premier League lacrosse, and I think that's pretty freaking cool. Um, becoming a professional athlete or just being an athlete in college, I think would be a really, really difficult thing. And he has gone above and beyond with that. So I thought he would be a really cool person to have on the podcast. So I guess let's hear a little bit of your elevator pitch. Give us a little background about yourself. So I went to high school in Baltimore, uh, this place called Mount St. Joe. Um, and then from there, I got recruited to go to Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, which uh, Notre Dame is awesome. I really love it. But then, uh, I mean, South Bend is South Bend. You know, it's, it's not, not, a, not a great uh, place to be living in the winter. But um, then from there, uh, after I graduated online, obviously, we I went and got drafted by the Atlas in the Premier Lacrosse League. And then um, I just did a two-week tournament bubble uh, type thing there. And it was a lot of fun. And I'm really I'm really blessed and fortunate that I was able to, to, to do that with them. And um, just being able to compete with all those guys was a really cool experience. So That's really awesome. So I guess we can start going back all the way to high school to MSJ. Um, when did you really know that you were going to play college lacrosse? <clears throat> So my fresh, so college, the recruiting was a little bit different when we were in high school. My freshman year, um, I was starting to get recruited by college coaches, and it, you can't get recruited until junior year anymore. But at that point, I was starting to um, get some looks for lacrosse, and uh, I played football on lacrosse, but I didn't think I was good good enough to play football. So I was just getting some looks at lacrosse, and then um, I committed that sophomore year uh fall to play which is pretty early and then ever since then I was just kind of I was like I guess I put my my eggs in the cross basket then <laughs> so did you know where you were going then by the time you're like 15 16 years old like you already knew where you were going to college yeah it was crazy actually my eighth grade summer I was deciding on where I was going to go to high school and then my freshman year summer I was deciding where I was going to go to college so it was like a really big turnaround yeah so you started to go to MSJ in high school it does it is it also a middle school or is it just a high school just high school yeah okay just, awesome where did you go to middle school uh, i went to this place called sykesville middle school like i mean okay. it's in carroll county i mean so it's not a huge yeah. commute to msj right uh, I, msj was uh without traffic 30 to 35 with traffic okay. in the mornings it'd be like an hour but oh like oh my goodness that's your yeah. poor parents um, is, yeah. <laughs> seriously that's crazy and it, during high school, do you have to be a part of any travel teams with lacrosse um, in order to get exposure, or can you just play high school lacrosse and get seen by colleges? You pretty much have to do a lot of uh, travel circuits when you're in the summer, and those primarily, thankfully, lacrosse is such a big hotbed in mm -hmm. Maryland, so all of our tournaments were kind of in the area, and you could just get a lot of exposure just traveling to a bunch of different places in Maryland, but um, 
you did have to play some like club club things in the summer. Pretty much all your summer weekends were taken up with cross usually. But yeah, that's kind of like soccer. I grew up playing soccer a ton until I was a junior senior ish until I moved back to the states, and then it kind of took a backseat. But it was almost like it was a year long sport, even though it, technically it's a one season sport. But right. the outside of school commitment was like all year round. Is lacrosse similar? Like, do you guys have to do stuff in the winter as well? Yeah, we do. And unfortunately, um, I'm a huge proponent of not having year-round things. So I would always put my stick down and play football. And then um, even I'd play like rec basketball in high school. And just like putting – I think it's really good to just not be focused on something all the time because I think you kind of lose the fun, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I mean, pretty much the same way. Nowadays, if you really want to get a good exposure, you have to play in the summer, you have to play in the spring, and you have to pretty much train in the fall. So, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So why do you think that working year-round for one sport isn't necessarily the best way to go about it? I think mentally um, you kind of just need a break. And I, I know that I've always really enjoyed having the the crossing of a bunch of different sports. So, like, Football teaches you one thing. Basketball teaches you one thing. Lacrosse teaches you one thing. And you kind of are able to use what you do well in each of those sports and can kind of combine your game in a lot of different ways versus if you just play lacrosse, your whole life is lacrosse. You're only focused on lacrosse. And, like, you pretty much get a little bit of tunnel vision and you can't really – it's harder to break out of that versus if you're a multi-sport athlete, in my opinion, anyway. I don't know. I mean, not necessarily right or wrong. but No, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, I did a bunch of research, like, earlier in college about burnout. Um, Sports psychology is obviously, like, a giant major, and I had a friend that was studying at a different school, and they talked about burnout and how it – it's not only, like, obviously a thing in sports. Like, it happens in so many different aspects of life, but a lot of times with kids, the first time you ever see burnout can be as early as, like, middle school – because exactly. like sports are really like a year long thing. And especially now that there are things popping up, like different ways to get exposure into the next level that are maybe happening during the off season. It's kind of like a never ending cycle. I agree. I totally yeah. agree. And it, it definitely, I mean, you don't want to see kids burn. That's actually what my parents talk about all the time is just, you don't want to burn them out, burn them out so early. Cause you doing one thing after another, another, you just you end up not liking it anymore. Yeah, totally. So talking about club teams and travel teams, I saw that you were part of Team USA. First off, is that what they call it, Team USA, when you're in lacrosse? Yeah, it was um, the U19 Team USA team. So I was the, there's like a big t- Team USA, and then there's like an under-19 one, and I was part of that one. Okay, that's awesome. And you do that when you're in high school, I'm guessing. And can you be playing high school lacrosse while being on that team, or is it similar to like being on the national team where you have to pick one or the other? Uh, you can do both. So – the only, the only requirement that I had for uh, Team USA was sometimes there was a few weekends in the, uh, the winter that I had to go do a training session with them. And then we had a tournament in Coquitlam, Canada, um, my senior year of high school. And um, we just like went there for like two and a half, three weeks, played a bunch wow. of games, did a little tournament. Wait, that's type so thing. long, three weeks. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. my gosh. Did you get to go alone or do your parents have to go with you? My parent, my well, my parents wanted to go, so they like traveled up there and kind of did their own thing. But yeah. I mean, I wasn't really able to like see them all the time. It was just more like I was in a hotel room. That's so of, cool. Are people yeah. from that team like in PLL um, on different PLL teams? Like, do you yeah, see a lot of actually, Yeah, I mean, for my team specifically, um, yeah. like a lot of the 
some of, I mean, some of the best players in college lacrosse last year um, were all like kids that I knew and mm-hmm. like played with on that team. Uh, for example, one of the best long sticks in the PLL right, or sorry, defenders in the PLL right now, his name is Jack Rowlett. He was in on that team. And then like, there's um, a bunch of other kids that just were, you know, scattered across. And it was always funny because when I was younger, I'd always think like, wow, a bunch of these like really good football players and basketball players all know each other. Like, how do they do that? But then after a while, you're like, oh, like when you play a bunch of these different teams and a bunch of it with different people, like kind of just get to know people. So I definitely yeah. know a lot of those guys now, which is cool. That's super crazy. Did any of them end up going to college with you or did everybody pretty much go their own way in college and then regroup after? Uh, one of them went to college with me. His name was Hugh Krantz, um, and I played on a team with him. But all of them were pretty much committed at the time that they tried out for Team USA. But then, like, I mean, I know um, there was a kid in it. I mean, one of the best attackmen in the PLL right now, his name is Grant Ament that went to Penn State. Oh, very he, cool. Um, he uh, it was on that team and just a bunch of people like that. So they, they, a lot of them went there from different ways, but we had a few mm-hmm. guys in a little pockets. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So from Team USA, I guess that's what, right after that you went to college, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So Notre Dame. And did you get to look at uh, any other schools? Yeah, so my other uh, two primary schools that I looked at besides Notre Dame were Yale and Penn. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of wanted to go Notre Dame. Just, you know, it's it was more um, – they had a really good – uh education they had a really good you know like football atmosphere and they were really good across too so i thought it brought like a lot of different um things into the equation no definitely it's a super well-rounded school um especially yeah. for football i mean that must have been really really fun yeah it um, was. that makes so i feel like that'd be really difficult because picking between those schools because penn's actually not super duper far from baltimore notre dame's a flight away right like you can't really mm-hmm. drive there comfortably was that difficult having to go that far away from home for school uh yeah definitely i mean at first it was a little bit of an adjustment um especially i mean as you know freshman year fall is never like the best and then you're missing home and like you're trying to adjust to everything so it definitely was uh, big adjustment being away from my parents and everything but then come springtime my parents were great and they um they pretty much went to like all my games in South Bend so like they would always just kind of um go up there travel a lot and then it, so pretty much I was seeing my parents all the time my brothers were on you know colleges and everything so I didn't really get to see them a ton away so it wasn't too much different besides be physically being away from Baltimore but uh it definitely was harder at first yeah so where did did your brothers play lacrosse in college as well? Only one of them did. My oldest brother played lacrosse at Dartmouth. Um, oh. And then my two middle brothers, just one of them went to Penn State and then one of them went to Alabama. Okay, that makes sense. So your parents kind of knew what was coming when you um, committed for lacrosse, right? Because one brother yeah. already went through that circuit. How yeah. much of an age gap is there between you guys? So my oldest brother is seven years uh, older than me the next old or the next one is four years older than me and then the next one is two years older than me okay that's it. I'm literally exactly the same but I'm the oldest so my little sister's six All years right. and my brother's yeah my brother's four and two and I feel like the college application process gets easier and easier and easier like the more kids that go down especially things like scholarships and yeah. like anything that's paperwork like once you get one kid down, you kind of understand. Like I always tell my parents that I'm like the tester kid because I'm the first to go through anything. <laughs> yeah, now that my exactly. sister is like, yeah, like my sister, like I don't even think I started really like touring colleges till like right before. And then even then I didn't really like actually go to the universities 
um, I knew I wanted to go to a school school that had a giant football team. And that was pretty much it. I was like, I know I want to yeah. do something with tech and like startups or something. And I know I want a crazy football team, like that kind of atmosphere. So I basically only looked at Syracuse and Penn State. And like looking back on it, like that's crazy for like that. Those are the reasons why I picked school. I'm like, obviously, I wouldn't choose it any other way. I love Penn yeah. State. But my sister's just going into her junior year and she's like starting so much earlier than I am, which <laughs> yeah. is really awesome for her. I wish I did that. At least your parents right? just get the lay of the land and not, yeah. Yeah, they have to, honestly, with four kids. If they didn't, but at this point, I mean, I think they're they're never going to get it once you have fourth times a try. Um, so obviously, do one sports probably take up the majority of your time um, when you were at school. Were you able to be a part of, like, anything else at school? Like, are you allowed or have the time to be a part of other organizations? Uh, yeah, so um, we in Notre Dame did not have frats. So, I mean, you mm-hmm. couldn't be, like, any Greek life or anything like that. But um, a lot of people were do, like, uh, student government stuff. And then there's, like, athlete. There's something called, like, SAG, which is student athlete, like, government type um, deal. So you can kind of, you know, bring together, like, the actual students and then the athletes trying to bring everything in. And then, I mean, you could do, like, various clubs and everything. But pretty much, um, you know, you went to class from – 9 30 to 3 30 then you went to practice from four to probably end around eight and you go home and eat and do yeah. homework and go to bed That's pretty much your whole time that must have been really difficult because you were an accounting major right yep accounting is a really difficult major i'm sure anywhere at penn state i know i was like notorious for having a bunch of especially like the earlier classes were really really difficult for people because a lot of the classes were trying to weed people out basically was it really yeah. difficult being an accounting major and playing lacrosse at the same time? Yeah, I mean, the the year that I felt that the most was um, my junior year. So we, we you declare for your major um, at the end of your sophomore year. So that was when I was starting to get like the big accounting classes and everything like that. And it definitely was a struggle. I did. There were times when, you know, you have to end practice and you have to go to the library and grind and just straight from practice until like 3.30. And then get up, you take a test and then you go do the whole thing over again. And just, you, you, I mean, not any like atypical to any other, um, you know, students, everyone has their, their difficulties in their major, but definitely I had to put a little bit more, um, effort into, into being an accounting major than maybe some of my other friends that weren't. Yeah, that makes sense. And why did you choose accounting? Uh, so I, I've always really liked numbers and I've always, you know, I've been fascinated with like finance and everything like that. And uh, I was actually choosing between finance and accounting major. And my brother that went to Penn state was an accounting major. And um, my other oldest brother who works for Morgan Stanley now, he does finances uh, up in New York. And Mm -hmm. so they were kind of both giving me advice and they both were like, you know, accounting's really good route to go down if you want to do finance eventually because you kind of just get, you know, you understand the books and everything like that. So they kind of convinced me to go down that path, which like we were talking about before, being the fourth of four, you know, you kind of get the experience from the older people just push down onto you. So Yeah, seriously. So during all of this and playing lacrosse, you got the award ACC Player of the Year. Can you explain that and what that means? Yeah, so uh, that was honestly one of the the really cool things um, throughout my career that happened. I uh, I was just kind of um, you know we, I I was having a good season, but 
midfielders don't usually, which is my position, don't usually uh, get that award. And um, we were just kind of practicing and my coach pulled me aside and was like, hey, like, you know, you're going to you're going to get a call later on, but you're going to be the ACC player of the year. And it was super, uh, super exciting. I called my parents and they like were really like pumped about it and just like, like, yeah, it was it was a great, um, great thing to, to, to you know, kind of get. But um, it was it was super unexpected. I mean, I just I didn't even wasn't even in my mind considering that that was going to happen. And then when it did, I was like, there was a lot of other people that probably should have deserved that award. But you know, <laughs> I'm happy that I got it. <laughs> so is it something that's only given to one person on each team or is it kind of like one person overall? So it's one person. There's an offensive player of the year and there's a defensive player of the year, and it's yeah. throughout the entire ACC. So I won the uh, ACC offensive player of the year, and it's just like one offensive player throughout the entire conference, and then there's one defensive player throughout the entire conference. That's so awesome. What grade was that? Uh, that was last year, junior year. Oh, that's super duper cool. And then first team All American was another thing you got, right? What yes. year was that? That was also junior year. And the last one that I found on the internet, obviously I did like a lot of digging here. The Tewartin Award. Tewartin? Yeah. How do you say that? Tewartin. Tewartin. Okay. Award nominee. What does that mean? Like what is, so, who is um, the Tewartin Award is like kind of, I would describe it as like the Heisman of lacrosse. Um, okay. So it's awarded to like the best player in, in the, in all of lacrosse and, the, that was I was nominated to be one of like the top twenty five players or something mm-hmm. like that for that. Um, but that wasn't like you know chosen to be a finalist or anything like that in that award. It's still pretty cool that you were a nominee. I don't know. I feel like your yeah. your college rap here looks pretty pretty crazy. And then um, I don't know anybody else that's continued to play lacrosse outside of college. When did you first realize that that was an opportunity for you? So uh, the Premier Lacrosse League is actually really new. Um, it's this is it. This year was its second year, uh, and so my sophomore year, I was fully planning on just not playing lacrosse at all because there's this league called the MLL, which is the Major Lacrosse League, and it's like not that big. You know, rookie contracts are like six thousand dollars. Like it's not even worth it um, necessarily. And then this new league came about and, you know, better pay, better benefits, better exposure, all, all types of thing. And once I realized that like, you know, that's a real possibility with still being able to work another job, uh, I kind of set my sights on that being a, a goal of mine. And uh, I was really fortunate to be able to do that. It was, it was a ton of fun and being able to play with all those guys that I'd looked up to for so long was awesome. Can you relate uh, the PLL to another like sports league? Yeah, uh, it's kind of like the difference really between unique. major league lacrosse and PLL. Like, is yeah, like that? it's you know, I would say probably there's comparisons with uh, with softball. My girlfriend mm-hmm. plays softball, and she kind of um, there's a lot of like different startup leagues, and they're trying to get a lot of exposure. So you know, lacrosse is really hard because no one really knows a lot about lacrosse, mm-hmm. and you know the sports like football basketball baseball all those ones are very established people know there's fan bases everything lacrosse is really new so the one thing that the premier lacrosse league has done really well is trying to get exposure and you know we're traveling to a bunch of different cities and we don't have like you know a baltimore team or a new york team or anything like that it's just traveling getting as many fan bases as you can and trying to grow the game in general um so it's definitely 
unique in its own way, but I guess that was probably the the best comparison I can draw because there's not really any other sport. There's not really two leagues that like operate at the same time. That makes sense. So you were saying how there's not really like obviously a Baltimore team or anything like that or New York team. Does Atlas, which is the team you played for, have a home city? Uh, No. So no uh, PLL team has a home city. They all, we work on like a traveling basis. So for example, uh, without COVID happening, the, um, we were supposed to travel each week to a different city, major city. So week one, Baltimore, week two, Dallas, week three, Atlanta, and just try and go to a bunch of maybe some like soccer stadiums and play in there and try and generate a bunch of fans, generate interest in the league, generate just new um, fan bases and try and grow really exposure just all across the country. Uh, so like no other, the, the teams aren't necessarily based out of home cities, but it's more just together as a league traveling a bunch of different places. That's awesome. So where do you guys, do you guys get to practice as a team anywhere? Uh, yeah. So usually practices are just, you fly into wherever that city is the day before. So okay. uh, if a game is on a Saturday, you fly in on Friday, you go practice that Friday and then you play the next day. So wow, uh, what a then, turnaround. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, a lot of those practices obviously aren't like super high tempo because like, you know, you're not going to kill yourself the day before a game, but yeah. um, it's still, I mean, definitely a quick turnaround. Are there any players who don't play college, who don't, aren't like right out of college that play in the PLL? Uh, there's no one like declares early, like goes from their junior year, but there definitely are some guys that um, didn't play division one or, I mean, even really at a big college. I know there was a kid, there was a rookie this year that went to like Onondaga community college. That's a native. Um, and just like came out and is like really good at lacrosse. So he just was able to get drafted and everything like that. But usually okay. you never really see people declaring early because lacrosse isn't big enough to where like you would forego your education to. To play sports. Get, yeah. Yeah. So could you do it? Like if, if you were a few years graduated, could you join the PLL? Like how would you even like have enough time to practice between graduation and joining them to kind of keep up like that level of athleticism? It's definitely harder. Um, a lot of times you see people make the transition from actually, so this is kind of what your question you're going at before the transition from the MLL to the PLL. So you could even mm-hmm. compare the MLL is almost to like an NBA G league where, okay. um, you know, I mean, it, it's its own separate league, but mm-hmm. a lot of players, you know, you go in the MLL, you play it's high, high competitive, really good competition. Um, and then a lot of people would, you know, get grabbed from a MLL team or enter into the player pool and then get drafted uh, the next season or something like that. Is it more normal to go from the MM- MLL to the PLL or is it more um, known to go from college then to the PLL? Uh, Sorry, that's like a really... <laughs> it's definitely that. Well, the only reason that that one's hard to answer is because it's mm-hmm. on the PLL is on its second year. So I'd say right now um, it like they got primarily their own, just like grabbed guys from the the MLL that Mm -hmm. went over the PLL initially when it started. And then since then it's been more college to them, to the PLL. Yeah. Um, But you know, it's kind of a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. It kind of reminds me of, 
So I feel like within the past, since I've been born, so I guess the past 20, 15 years, um, women's soccer, I feel like has just absolutely blown up, but it Mm -hmm. definitely wasn't like that. Like when my parents were younger, when our parents were younger. Um, And I really, really hope to see lacrosse do the same thing and kind of blow up everywhere. When I first came to the States, I didn't didn't know anything about lacrosse. My cousins live in upstate New York and lacrosse is really popular in the Buffalo area. I guess Western New York is really popular where they lived. But I remember when I first came, there were girls wearing like skirts. And I was like, that's super weird. Like our tennis team (laughs) must be be freaking huge. Like this is crazy. And they go and they play lacrosse and they wear like, wear like the helmets. And everything. It was so crazy to me. I was like, this is insane. And then switching over to watching men's lacrosse, it was just like the most violent sport I feel like I ever saw. I was like, oh my God, like how is this even like allowed to play in high school? Like it's actually yeah. crazy. Like from an outsider's perspective, like seeing it for the first time. And I feel like it's such an interesting sport with like, con- like people are constantly moving and it. it's not like baseball or golf where there's anything that's stagnant. Um, Mm. So I really, really hope to see it blowing up, especially coming from a school like Penn State where lacrosse was really, it was pretty big at Penn State even. Like you said, we had a few really, really good players. Um, Our women's team was even really good. There was a girl from our area, Katie Schuderberg, I think is her last name. Yeah, that came from our area um, that went there. Grant, obviously, like absolutely insane. The um, boy that you mentioned before, he's just my friend was like the one that recorded the lacrosse games for her junior year, like communications class. And she's like literally recording the lacrosse games. It's just all eyes on one person. Um, Yeah. And I feel like, like that's, that must be really, really cool. Did you know that you were going to get like be the second overall draft for the PLL or is that like a super big surprise to you? Uh, So, I mean, when I was, um, preparing for the the draft I was I knew that I was going to be higher up just Mm -hmm. because you know I I had had like a good junior year season and everything like that but um I didn't know that I was going to be the second one until the actual draft day I'd talked to a few coaches and everything like that but then I only um the only thing the league called me and was like hey you got drafted but we can't tell you where we can't tell you when it's just Uh like you got drafted so then I had to watch um, on draft day to, like, see where I got drafted. And me and, like, my, I was actually at Notre Dame just visiting again. And, you know, I had a big party with my friends and everything like that, which was a lot of fun. But it was it was a super exciting time. Like, it was That's definitely so a really crazy. cool experience. Yeah. And was Atlas a team that you wanted to be drafted to? Or I guess it's the second second year, so you can't really have an opinion on any of the teams. But was it one that you were, like, had your eyes set on? Yeah, so it definitely was. I um, There was a team called the Redwoods, too, that um, has a bunch of Notre Dame guys. So, obviously, I was like, wow, like, it'd be really cool to, like, play with a bunch of those guys that I've already played with. But um, the Atlas had people – so, the founder of the league, actually, Paul Rabel, mm-hmm. um, is on the Atlas. So, I was like, wow, that's super cool to play with him. And, like, a bunch of really big names that I've followed throughout my entire career also play on that team. So, yeah. if I – like – when I was obviously looking at the teams, I was like, Atlas would be a really cool team to, to be a part of. That's crazy that the founder plays. Yeah. How old is it he? is crazy. Uh, he is like, is he a 30, grown up? Yeah, he's like 34, oh 35. <laughs> yeah. That would be insane. Are yeah. there people that are around his age, like other people playing? Or yeah, like- I mean, there's definitely people with, like, full-blown, you know, like, whole families, like, four or five kids, okay. like, type of things, yeah. That's crazy, because I never think of, like, 
but like a league like I always see like old people not old people but you know what I mean like dad's playing like soccer like dad basketball leagues the Y I feel like yeah. seeing like an older person's like lacrosse league is so like that that can't be good for your body no <laughs> it can't be at all that's it's really cool not. that he plays I had no idea that was that that he did that that's really cool that yeah. he was the founder too um where did he go to college do you know? He went to uh, Hopkins, and he actually okay. um, played at Dematha around here, if you're familiar. Oh, what? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, I, he definitely um, – he was from around here. He's from the Baltimore area. And he's always – he's had, like, a really big, big impact in lacrosse anyway. But then him mm-hmm. and um, his brother, Mike Rabel, decided to, like, start this league and do it. And he was still playing and, like, obviously really good enough to, like, still play. So, he just was like, I'll start it and I'll play. So, wow, that's like yeah. that's such a baller move. Good for him. Um, and do you know like how many? Um, so is everybody considered for the PLL out of like anybody who goes and plays college lacrosse? Or like, how do you get selected to even get like the player pool? I guess. So uh, right out of college, anyone's considered, and it's really just okay. it's kind of like um, I guess a lot of these, you know. NFL and NBA have like uh, combines and stuff like that. <laughs> Lacrosse doesn't necessarily have that. It's just basically based off of uh, how you how you did in your season and how like what the player like scouts think that you, you're good or if you're not good or anything like that. So anyone can be considered. Anyone can be drafted. Yeah. Um, but I know college like the coaches before I got drafted, they call you to get in contact with you and like, hey, do you have any interest in this? So if you don't have any interest in it, you could be like, Oh no, like I don't want to play professionally. Or you could be like, yes, I do. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Sorry. I didn't realize how new PLL was. I feel like that's actually, I, it's definitely going to grow. Like I really, really, really hope to see it grow within the next few years because I feel like, especially in a city like Baltimore or I don't know many other cities that are as lacrosse driven, I guess it's Baltimore, but I feel like it could definitely blow up here with the amount of my friends out of, I think out of, I had a friend group in high school of nine people and literally I think all of them, but me and one other girl played lacrosse and a lot of them ended up going to college to play lacrosse. Like it's such a dominant sport here in Maryland. I totally, I can totally see it um, blowing up and it's crazy to think that major league lacrosse really hasn't done that yet. Why do you think, why do you think that? Uh, So the MLL, they they, they did a lot of things right. They also did a lot of things wrong, in my opinion. Um, I think lacrosse right now is, it isn't big enough to the point where you can have established cities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you could have, like, a fan base and everything. But it's really, you know, when the people were going to the games, like, for example, if there's, like, a Charlotte team, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't get that many, like, fans going to those games every week. But if they're um, – is like, you know, a traveling mantra where like you go to the, the PLL goes to Baltimore once every year. People are like excited to see it and it get, drives more fans and everything like that. And I think the main reason that MLL didn't do well uh, was financially. I mean, they weren't, you, you, they weren't able to pay their players well and they mm-hmm. couldn't give them any benefits. So none of the good players really wanted to, you know, work and be a professional lacrosse player because there's no incentive to. But yeah. with the PLL obviously being a little bit more financially independent, it was able to like generate more excitement and hire better people and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, incentives definitely I feel like mean a lot, especially in sports, and especially when you see how much athletes in other sports are getting paid. It kind of gives you an idea of 
what your worth is. And I don't think there's many other fields like that. Um, yeah. Do you think you're going to be returning back to PLL or is it something like now that you're on the Atlas, do you stay on the Atlas or do you have to try out again? And No, I, I, I stay on the Atlas. I signed my rookie contract for two years. Um, oh, cool. So I, I'm still going to be on, on the Atlas, but I, I plan on playing the PLL for the foreseeable future until, you know, like, my body doesn't hold up or anything like that. Then I'll be like, all right, I'll call it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously, until until you're until you're Paul's age, right? <laughs> exactly. One <laughs> can hope. That's super cool. So, what's your best memory? I guess from the entire what is it? What did you call it? A circuit? No, you called it um the tournament, the two week tournament thing. Yeah, it was what the was the, the bubble. That's um, cool. You, you couldn't have any fans there, right? Because this is coronavirus. Yeah, oh man, that's so it was yeah. Unfortunately, that was the the one thing that I heard the PLL does really well is getting you integrated yeah. with the fans. But um, the I think one of the coolest things about just the bubble itself was really mm-hmm. getting to know a lot of these guys. So my whole life, obviously, I've been growing up and I've been watching lacrosse because all my brothers played and everything like that. And seeing a bunch of these big name guys like play and we're like, oh my god, they're so good and like all this stuff. And then you get to the bubble and you get to hang out with all these dudes and like, you just get to like be a person around them and like, they really get to know you. And it's like, wow, like they're awesome dudes. Like I really like the guys on my team. You got to just play like stupid card games. And like, obviously you couldn't do a lot when you're just sitting in a hotel room. Um, but like just getting those memories with those guys was definitely a, a great fun thing that I, that I will miss about next year, even if when we don't have the bubble. <laughs> yeah. So do you have to get, tested a lot for coronavirus or do you just get tested one time and then once you're in that bubble like you're all good to go so we got tested a few times we got tested five days before going to the bubble then we got tested upon arrival to the bubble then we got tested right after our training camp which was like three days and then we got tested once when we left too Oh my gosh, that's insane. That's good yeah. that they test you when you leave, though, so you know you're not kind of, like, infiltrating your community, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. I see all these, like, college campuses right now, and I was thinking about it, like, Penn State's not doing so hot, like, a lot of kids are getting coronavirus, and my brother didn't end up going, he would have been a freshman, but um, he ended up staying at home for a semester, and I was thinking about it, like, if he did get coronavirus, and they did have to send, like, all the kids home, if he came home, like, he would have just given it to, like, all of us, or, like, people in his community, yeah. so... I'm interested to see, like, what, I guess on a different topic, what universities are going to do now if they did allow students to come and if they're populate like, Auburn, like, they can't shut down because if all those kids leave, like, Auburn, it's going to be... They're going to go. Yeah, like, it's going to be up in flames. It, I mean, it's, it's crazy, in my opinion. I think all the colleges are doing it wrong. They... They really just wanted, you know, they wanted tuition, they wanted room and board, all that stuff, mm-hmm. so they putting taking a bunch of kids from a bunch of different areas bringing them to a central location expecting them not to party not to do all these things is just absurd and yeah. then they're then they're like wow like our, <laughs> i don't know why everything's going to shit well, it's like well i know right know. it's like you take a bunch of socially deprived 18 year olds and then you stick them in a town with like unlimited fun and you're like yeah. let's see it's kind yeah. of crazy to think about it um it's also like so where Penn State is, I get why they had to bring people back. Like, if they didn't, the economy is hurting. Like, it is a small town that's built around the school. But mm-hmm. what makes me really sad is, like, a lot of people that own those businesses or run those businesses are people that are older. And so it's like, if, if like, say, my if my brother gets coronavirus and he's 
18 and super healthy. He doesn't have asthma, has no underlying commi- like conditions. Like the worst thing that's going to happen is he gets a like the symptoms of a cold and can't smell for two weeks. But if yeah. somebody that's like older gets infected from my socially deprived 18 year old brother, like it could be a different story. So exactly. I'm, in- I'm very, very interested to see, I guess, what the future is going to be for college. And I guess what it's going to be for college sports, um, yeah. especially. I was super duper blown to see Penn State's football season um, push to the spring, which is going to be absolutely, if that happens, insane. Because I'm sure you know, like Penn State Springs, it's just snow. Like that's all yeah. it is. So that's going to be crazy. And uh, I guess Notre Dame's Navy game got canceled. That was supposed to be in Ireland, right? Yep, I think so, yeah. That's a big bummer for them. Yeah. But do you know um, what lacrosse will be? in Notre Dame if it's going to get canceled or do they not so I mean a bunch of my friends on the team I've been talking to them a little bit they're definitely um optimistic they think that the season's going to happen uh in my opinion it's going to be really hard for the season to happen um if they don't have a vaccine yeah at this point like I think it's hard for any season to kind of go on because like then you're just putting a lot of people at jeopardy and um just trying to you know for the sake of a sport which is really which is hard and everyone obviously wants to play and everything like that but it's um it's definitely this the lacrosse landscape is going to change a lot specifically because lacrosse isn't huge so obviously the primary revenue generators throughout all colleges are football basketball then there's like baseball hockey stuff like that but uh, lacrosse is not so they're kind of going to get pushed to the side and it's interesting to see you know what schools do big cuts as in like you can only draw bus to games or you can you have to play people in your area or things like that so it's about funding at the end of the day which is pretty pretty sucky um yeah especially there I have a friend that plays men's volleyball and I'm like that like Really, he moved here all the way from like California to go to Penn State for men's volleyball, and that's obviously not like the number one generator at Penn State for revenue. Um, yeah, like we obviously have like the wrestling team, our hockey team's now amazing, our football team's really cool. And I was like, man, imagine like moving here all the way across the country, um, like leaving your home. You're, he's on his second year, so now he'll, he'll start playing like a lot more apparently, um, only to find out that like you basically chose the school for the wrong reason because you can't play sports like that like that really really sucks he's like I'm really homesick like the weather's horrible here and I'm like I don't know what to tell you like that (laughs) but I guess uh are you working remotely have you started you said you can start um working along with doing the PLL have you began working like a full-time job uh so I'm not yet I'm gonna be working at Under Armour starting actually Monday um in Baltimore but I'm gonna be starting remotely so I mean I'm I just wanted to uh I mean I'm from the Baltimore area so I'm living in Baltimore right now but I just kind of want to be you know close to the office if necessary when things go back so um yeah I haven't started yet but I'm excited to start starting Monday that's really exciting is it with anything with finance or is it something uh yeah I'm actually going to be doing corporate finance there um and I kind of wanted to do that versus accounting you know I mean after taking nine million accounting courses I kind of found that accounting is a little bit boring but uh (laughs) but I think uh finance should be a lot a lot more interesting and kind of Fun, yeah, I feel like it's to each their own. I did like, I worked uh, within the investment banking division at Goldman Sachs for an internship, and it oh, was wow. 
not my cup of tea. I, the people were absolutely amazing. And like Goldman was, especially for women, like not even to get on that topic, but for, for women, it was super awesome, like super inspirational. Um, I felt like I was definitely treated as an equal. But when I was there, I was like, oh my goodness, like I cannot work in the financial sector. I cannot, <laughs> this is a not for me. And I yeah. found that out like pretty quickly. So it's good you had all those accounting classes. Um, I always tell people like you need to intern and you need to take classes like within whatever you think your interest is because it would suck like going to your full-time role getting there and like you're you're two months in and you're like wait a minute this is actually like a start off my career on the absolute wrong foot yeah that sucks. Yeah. yeah I I agree with that totally I really do think that happens a lot with people too because everyone's like oh of course I want to do accounting or of course I want to do um investment banking or or um like do mergers and acquisitions, like have a fancy name, but it's like you need the experience in there beforehand because you might only especially, be like in the dollar sign. I mean, especially in the world of investment banking and stuff like that. I know my brother, I mean, he does that and he's like, it takes a special type of person because you don't have a lot, you don't have a life. You, you're yeah. going to work from 6am, especially your first few years to like midnight, then you wake up and you or you go to bed then you wake up and you do it again. And it's really kind of just your whole life is finance. And if you don't yeah. like that, then like. <laughs> then you're shit out of luck. Exactly. Basically, I have a really good friend who's going to actually kill me for saying this, but he works at RBC, like Royal Bank of Canada right now as an investment banking analyst. And he's like, I wow. literally make all this money, but I have no time to spend it. So he's like, it's just a game of, he literally rents out like the, well now he, I don't know if he's still living in New York, but at the time he was living in New York and he literally had like no furniture, like almost no food in his fridge. I was like, dude, like, I know you're, you're getting paid. He's like, I don't have the time to do things like make my apartment look good. Like I Uber eats all my food. I'm like, I don't know <laughs> life. Like for me personally, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that one's for me. That's not it. That's you not know? it. Well, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Um, do you like living in the city so far? I know you're from, you said Sykesville. So is it different living um, in Fed Hill than living in the suburbs? Yeah. I mean, I, it's been a lot of fun so far, obviously uh, with Corona, it's been, you know, you can't go out as much. You can't yeah. like do a bunch of fun stuff like that, but it's been really cool just, you know, walking everywhere and being able to like, you know, grab, grab a drink just right there. If you like right. two doors down, if you want, or like anything like that. So it's, it's pretty fun. It's super nice to see how um, accommodating the city has been too, for like outdoor dining, like for mothers, like they, they uh, mothers is a giant, not giant, just a really popular, I want to say like post Ravens game bar. I'm, but like, very, I'm very familiar with mothers, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, Mother's is great. It's, I feel like, a big college bar, but um, they, I saw they opened up in, like, one of their little side alleys with outdoor seating and everything, and I was like, okay, that's, like, that's really good um, yeah. to see that the city's, like, working on that really, really, exactly. really, really um, adamantly, because I feel like a lot of those places, like, their inside dining is obviously really small, and obviously, like, if you've been to Mother's after a Ravens game, like, you can't move around. So it's good that they opened up, but I'm interested to see like what are we gonna do in the winter? Like I've no, I I'm so interested. Yeah, I'm yeah, just, I I just gonna like freeze outside and like have to deal with it. I guess I'm, so. But they're gonna well, have to put heat lamps everywhere, honestly, all throughout <laughs> the city. That's what my mom was saying. Like at the Guinness factory, she's like they need those like heated lamps and everything. But I think exactly. it'd be yeah. Um, hopefully it'll be good. Um, but we guess we'll see. So for my last two questions, I have is the first one. What advice do you have for aspiring PLL players? That's a really good question. I think that um, 
the the primary advice I have for them is just kind of mm-hmm. like keep working. Yeah. Uh, no matter what, no matter what happens, like any, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs in your careers. You know, I think at the beginning of my freshman year of college, I thought I wasn't even going to be on the travel roster mm-hmm. um, and wasn't going to travel to any games. And then a few years later, you know, I, I got drafted by the PLL and it's just a matter of just kind of no matter anything that happened, just putting your nose down, grinding and working as hard as you can and just trying to have fun. Like, you know, it's, you're not going to, you're not going to do well if you're super stressed out and you need to, you're like, oh my God, I need to play well. If you go out there and have fun, it kind of all works in place. So that's awesome. I think that's really good advice. And something that's definitely the having fun part, I think is a little bit harder for people nowadays, especially. So hopefully people are taking that to heart. And then my super last question is what's the best advice someone's ever given you? Uh, the best advice, uh, someone's ever given me, I think would be kind of on that same thing. Um, it's just relaxing, um, is more playing loose and not, not playing so uptight. And at least for me, whenever I would play uptight, I would always one, not have fun two play worse. And then I'd think the whole world is ending when I, when I would evidently play worse versus, You know, if you play loose, you ha- you go out there, you just you have a lot of fun, you just do whatever you can. And if it works out, great. If it doesn't, you know, life goes on. It doesn't really matter. So yeah. at the end of the day, if your mindset is a lot better, then uh, the sport itself will be better. And I think that that's definitely something that a lot of those older guys have tried to instill into me, which I've taken to heart, definitely. Yeah, that's really awesome advice. And I think that's true for a lot of different things, even outside of lacrosse. Um, I think relaxing and getting what you have to get do getting what you have to do done um shouldn't have to feel like you're just checking off the boxes all the time like you should kind of enjoy your life a little bit instead of going through the motions um thank you so much for being on brawn and brains this was super awesome learning about lacrosse in general it's something i don't know a ton about and seeing someone from our community be in the pll was super awesome um if anybody wants to see brian in action i will be putting the alice's instagram um in the bio along with brian does i think training sessions right yeah i just have like that yeah so if you want yeah like that in the bio yeah. um and then again if you have any comments questions or concerns please instagram dm me at the brawn and brains podcast which will be in the bio also an email thank you so much and have a great weekend <laughs>